When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Independent Coronavirus Podcast. I'm Chloe Hubbard, Executive Editor at The Independent. This podcast is about getting behind the headlines and drilling down into the issues we're all experiencing as we try to navigate how to live, work and stay healthy and happy during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today we're talking gardening and the renewed interest in growing your own veg since we've all been spending more time at home. I'm joined by food writer Julia Platt-Leonard, whose recipes and features appear regularly on our website, and she's also on episode seven of this podcast, where we talked about how to eat right in the lockdown. I'm also joined by sub-editor and writer Emily Clark, who recently wrote about the seed shortage in our long read section, so do check that out. Welcome to you both. Julia, so you're trying to grow your own in a North London garden. What have you planted (laughs) and what sort of things are you, what sort of an area are you working with? It's kind of a typical London garden, so narrow, one half's in sun, one's in shade. We've got a little bit of a patio, two uh, beds on either side where we have perennials, and in the back I have three troughs, uh, which I can use as well. So I have to kind of sneak things in a bit, you know, because I've already got established garden stuff. There's not a huge amount of space. And also, um, you know, I've got to have living space for us to have a table, to do our barbecue, all the other kind of stuff. So I've started some potatoes, those are going. And then I've started some seeds for Swiss chard, spinach, lettuce, rocket, uh, some beans. You know, we shall see. Hope springs eternal. (laughs) Well, I've got a small garden and I've potted a few things. Doesn't sound um, dissimilar to what you've got sort of set up there. Half of it's in shade for the entirety of the day and then the sun sort of moves around and gets the other half I'm not green fingered at all but I do love getting out there and I've been really enjoying you know ordering in plants that I didn't really know anything about I just googled what might work out there Um, and I've been finding that just getting my hands dirty has been making me sort of feel much happier than I was before I went out there is this something you've noticed Julia? Totally. I mean, I think if you have an urban garden, you know, you're not going to be um, self-sustaining. It's just, it's, it's not really going to happen, or at least I don't, I don't think so. But what I think it can do is get you outside, get some fresh air, clear your head, get you off a screen. And, you know, if, even if you're growing something like potatoes, which are going to be much cheaper to buy in the shop, there's nothing like harvesting them, digging your hands around in the soil and pulling up these gorgeous tubers. And they taste amazing. So you have this real sense of pride and accomplishment, which I think, you know, today when we don't have a lot of control over stuff is a really nice thing. Yeah, I can totally see that. And things do taste much better. My parents are very green fingered. And when I go home and they've, you know, invariably at the end of the summer, dad's got millions of tomatoes. They just taste so, so different when they're from the own garden. Now, Emily, things are a bit different in your garden, aren't they? Can you tell us where you are? And you escaped London for this very reason, didn't you? Um, Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, I am living weirdly in a mansion um, in West Wales. Um, I have lots and lots of space. Um, The mansion has something like eight acres of land around it. 
and we've just got permission because I've only just moved here. We've just got the owner's permission to start our veg patch, which is very exciting, but a bit overwhelming because I know that lots of people would kill to have this amount of land. Um, and we've got companies near us that can deliver like a ton of soil minimum for 25 pounds and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of scope to grow a lot of vegetables, but I am a beginner. So I quit London to kind of experience the countryside. Um, it's been absolutely wonderful. Like noticing um, like bluebells growing, popping out for the first time and things like that. Um, but as for veg, um, I'm definitely learning and yeah, a little bit intimidated by it at the moment. That sounds very grand. I'm living in a mansion in West Wales. Well, it's actually kind of scary. So it used to be a care home until very recently. So there's lots of like locked rooms or, or places with dead flies. Like I turned the dead fly room into my office. Hopefully you gave it a bit of a wipe first. Oh yeah, absolutely. All the flies are gone there. <laughs> <laughs> okay and what have you been busy planting this week then so this week um we got a few things started a few weeks ago before we moved but this week i've um started a few herbs so i've done dill parsley and coriander um and also put some more beans and peas in um just in uh egg pots egg boxes at the moment with bits of um potting compost from the garden center um, and we've also got a couple of squashes that we've poached from my housemate's dad that are ready to go in the ground. Um, and we've, yeah, we've got some basil growing from the start of lockdown, which really disappointingly is so, still so tiny. So I think maybe we've done something wrong there or maybe it's not warm enough. It sounds like you've got your hands full. So with all that space in mind, what would you ideally do with it? Um, well, me and my housemate um, are dreaming of having a lovely big polytunnel, which would really help us grow kind of more Mediterranean veg like aubergines and peppers. At the moment, that just doesn't seem like it's realistic, especially because we're both kind of new to it all. And also would really like to have a little area for an orchard or something. I once visited a farm um, where they had chickens roaming around kind of raspberry canes. Um, and so this is kind of the, the good life. Like I want to uh, like have a, have a small holding or something and, and do something a bit more massive. But right now I'm not going to have an orchard that I'm not just going to get some chickens. Well, I mean, that sounds absolutely idyllic. I think perhaps as we all start to work from home more, uh, living the sort of lifestyle you are might actually be a bit more achievable for a lot of people, hopefully. So Julia, back in the smog, um, what sort of things have you been doing to make the best use of your space? Well, I, um, I started out with a starter pack of seeds and plants that I got from Otter Farm. So I was able to get that. I had two kinds of potatoes, uh, different kinds of green beans, Swiss chard, spinach, uh, lettuces, some herbs. So I started those. And then I also got some little plug plants from Sea Spring Plants. Um, because I think sometimes things like chilies and tomatoes, it's just easier if you've got an urban garden, you don't have a lot of space um, to grow a lot of seeds just to get the plant itself. So I had the little plug plants. So those will go in and then the potatoes are coming up. So, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see if anything survives, you know, you know, till this Friday, but so far so good. This sounds like a, this is such a basic question, completely exposing myself here. How long does a potato take to grow? Actually, it depends because they're early season ones and then there are ones that have a longer maturity, but already, um, 
they're, they're making a good start. And you just keep topping up the soil so that the potatoes are never exposed. And then they keep growing, growing, growing. So I've got them in these plastic buckets and I'll just add more topsoil in. And then I'll probably harvest them, I don't know, maybe in August, but the plant itself will bloom, then it will die down. And as soon as that happens, you, you can kind of dig around and start to pick out the potatoes. Great, cool. Okay, so Emily, where space isn't an issue in your uh, mansion, what's the number one most important thing you've had to get right? Uh, it has taken us a while to kind of pick a spot that we want to use um, for our veg patch. Um, so thinking about how the sun travels, like we could pick any side of the house basically, there's just spots of land that we can use anywhere. Um, but we decided for convenience to um, pick a spot at the kind of south bit of the house, kind of obviously just to get as much sun as possible. But the only thing is, um, there are quite a lot of trees kind of near there and you're not really supposed to pick um, a patch that could, where your veg roots could compete with tree roots. But I figured we're not gonna be living in the scary mansion forever. And because we're getting this load of soil, it's just gonna be really, um, the roots of our veg are just gonna be digging down into the compost that we'll be getting. It's not as if we're like digging into the ground that we have in the lands here. Um, so it's been kind of the basics is the hardest thing. We've had to pick a couple of books rather than trying to get a library of books because there are so many to choose. Um, so we had a couple of good recommendations and then doing the, our, our slow research, trying to find out what the soil composition is and just like a slow letting facts kind of um, settle in our heads to, to figure out, um, yeah, what kind of space to set up. What books did you go for? So um, one which I mentioned in that article, the Seeds article, um, called uh, Grow Your Own Veg by Joy Larkham. And that is the kind of Bible for explaining why you should garden in a certain way rather than uh, just telling you. And also I've got this other one, uh, No Dig Organic Home and Garden. So No Dig is about not disturbing the soil and letting um, the worms um, kind of aerate it rather than trying to aerate it with your own um, shovel or fork. Yeah, so just those two for now. And we're kind of, we're saying no to all the other books because otherwise they'll just be overwhelmed. Yeah, and it was interesting what you were saying about the soil, because you're right, unless you're staying in one patch forever, I guess you just change your soil around when you can. Um, how do you know what soil's right for you? Um, well, it's kind of what you want to grow, I think. So like carrots, for example, prefer the sandy soil, and sometimes clay soil can be quite difficult to grow certain veg in. I think probably Julia knows more than me about soil types, but I think, yeah, you just have to kind of look up what you want to grow and then what you have already on your land. But if you're, if you're buying in compost, then you can pretty much grow everything in that. Julia, what, what sort of soil would you recommend for particularly, you know, a garden like yours or mine? I just buy, you know, standard compost and make sure that it says on it that it's good for vegetables or for fruit or for seedlings. And it will state it pretty clearly. And then I think, you need to kind of, or you want to think about how hungry your plants are, like potatoes like a lot of nutrients, and they'll take everything out of the soil. So by the end of it, I won't plant anything new in that. But beans will fix nitrogen into the soil. So you could plant something in your bean pot and rotate it, and they'd be very happy because your beans have done a good job of kind of fertilizing for you. But I would say, you know, at the level we're at, 
I think it's just get something that's a good standard one and then top it up probably throughout the season with some fertilizer um, and make sure you water a lot. So Emily, in your big long read, you wrote about the seed shortage, which we all sort of read about probably about six weeks ago now. Have you been able to get hold of everything you need now? I have, and I could at the time. It just took a while of searching around which website. So we found a website that had a window in the evening of one or two hours or something, and we just quickly hopped in and, and bought what we needed. Um, ironically, the person who I interviewed is a friend who lives really close to me, but um, his website was actually too busy for me to get anything from. Um, and it's not as if like mates rates. I think he would just laugh and, and say no. Um, but um, yes, a lot of the supermarkets had seeds. I think people found that helpful as well. Um, and then in terms of equipment and things like that, I've tried really not to buy too much because um, it's that thing of having all the gear and no idea. And that would totally be me. I'm trying not to spend all my money on, on all these um, kind of like gadgets and stuff. Um, but yeah, the garden centre, our garden centre actually opened a week before the Welsh government said they could. Um, Naughty. Yeah, quite funny. Uh, well, not funny, obviously. There's dangerous times. But um, yeah, basically, it's actually quite quiet. I think I went a few days after it opened and there were only a few people milling around. And because most of it's outside, you kind of hope that it's it's going to be safe enough for the community. But um, I found pretty much everything there. They've run out of compost um, and then their delivery people also uh, didn't deliver on the week that they wanted. So people, I think, are struggling with kind of seeding and potting compost. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what it's like in London. Um, I just ordered mine online. Um, there was, I'm a bit of a organic nut. So um, I ordered mine from this farm in Somerset. They just, and they also delivered some manure, um, some organic manure to put on the top of the plants. So I just got mine online. But Julia, where, where have you been getting your stuff? I went online. It's funny because our street has a WhatsApp group, you know, so if somebody's in need of groceries or extra support, but the big topic of conversation was where to get compost. So everybody was online kind of going, okay, I've heard you can get it here. It's like a, you know, like a black market thing. I didn't have a trouble with that, but I did have trouble getting pots because I wanted to do seeds and I didn't have anything. And um, so I, that was a tough one. But then, um, you know, similar to what Emily was saying, uh, a writer named Deborah Robertson who wrote this book called Gifts from the Garden said just use egg cartons. So I got those out, you know, covered the table with them, got some um, little wooden sticks, made labels and put them in. So, you know, I think you just kind of get on the web and see what you can find. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Julia, so if, like me, you haven't planted anything edible yet, I've been banging on about my garden, but it's been purely cosmetic uh, plants at the moment. Have I left it too late to put in anything I could potentially eat this year? And what could I grow in my mostly shaded garden? I think shade's going to be your toughest, your toughest bet because everybody does want some sun. Um, I would say to go for some little lettuces, which you could harvest when they're really tiny and, you know, just get a hanging basket. And I do a double hanging basket. So I hang one and then I hang the second one underneath it just to get more space. Um, so I've got four hanging baskets. And if you start two of them with lettuce seeds and say, wait two weeks and then start the other two, you should get a nice supply of lettuce coming through. Um, so I would definitely say that. I would also go for just more mature plants. You know, when the garden centers are open now, you should be able to find them and take a look at what their uh, maturity date is because some green beans will mature faster than others. Same for tomatoes. I wouldn't go for like a big beefsteak tomato, but some of the hanging basket tumbling tomatoes would be a great choice. And they're really pretty too. And you can put those in and then maybe have a little bit of lettuce in the middle, um, you know, and do that. I think that's still all totally doable. And then also I'd look towards the autumn because some of the crops, um, especially in London where we get kind of a microclimate, uh, will either overwinter or you could get something like kale, which you could then harvest later on. So I wouldn't worry, just get something in and maybe plant something late August into September and enjoy it later on. Yeah, I think I will go to the garden center this weekend. It's bank holiday weekend after all. It's basically a British tradition, isn't it? To go to the uh, garden exactly. center. <laughs> that could be my Saturday activity. Um, or maybe look for some tomatoes because they do look lovely in the hanging baskets. I've seen people doing that. Um, the only thing is birds though. I do, this, uh, this lockdown has seen obviously the bird life doing quite well. Um, and I think if I did get some tomatoes out there, that those blackbirds might have their eye on them. What have you managed to do to sort of stop your uh, plants being savage, Julia? It's so funny because the birds are on the table where the seedlings were and I say, oh, that's so sweet. Look at those beautiful birds. And I realized they were looking at my seedlings as their breakfast. I was like, no. So anyway, so I put some black netting over and it's super cheap and you just drape it over and it should, you know, keep them from it. But the problem I have is slugs and snails. I, I, I just find them to be voracious. And I don't know, I, I've tried uh, copper, I've tried eggshells, and they're just like, you know, these insidious things that that are unstoppable i don't know if they parachute in, into our garden overnight <laughs> but it will come and something will be completely gone it was there yesterday um so that's the one that i think is really tough squirrels love to dig up stuff again you know some netting if you secure it tightly onto a pot should help um, and then just be vigilant if you do have uh, snails and slugs go out in the early evening they seem to like to come out then and then you just have to be you have to be merciless you know, you take no prisoners. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I'm, I'm a vegan and the idea of like killing anything really upsets me. What do you do with the slugs and snails when you find them? 
Okay, so it's not bad because leave them in the garden and the birds will eat them. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it, that's not all bad, right? So I put chuck them in a the container as like a bird snack and hopefully exactly. they'll go and get them. A bird snack. Or just call me over and I'll deal with it. Okay, all right. Emily, I take it squirrels aren't an issue in Wales, but what are you doing to combat the pests? Well, actually, we do have squirrels, um, and I think we have all manner of, of beasts that roam around at night as well, um, as well as the birds and kind of uh, insects. Um, but so far, I have been just researching them, uh, things that we can do to protect our plants. Um, and I've written in my notebook, wool, good for slugs. So I think you can use kind of a strip of wool to put in front of your plants. Um, and I think slugs find that hard to get over. Um, and you can also kind of make a little damp, um, moist area that they might like to congregate and then go and just like collect them in the evening and and yeah, put them out for the birds or something. I'm also vegan, so I, I feel your pain, but I've heard from people that some very um, like green and eco-kind people do some awful things to slugs. <laughs> as, if, as if it's an exemption that we can make because you really just want to protect your plants. Is that the nicest thing to do? Get them in a pond, sort of like a, a puddle and, and, and hope the birds get them? Probably. I think if you want to eat some nice veg, I think slugs, I think over time as a, as a gardener, you, you end up hating them and, and probably that sounds quite kind. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I, at the moment, I'm just sort of carefully picking them up and like putting them in my neighbor's garden. And I know that sounds awful, but they're students and they don't care about the garden. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> sort, of, <laughs> I'm sort of carefully picking them up and putting them over the hill. Um, so apart from edible things, what could, else could people be planting to cheer themselves up at the moment? I've got a bit of an obsession with ferns, um, so I've planted quite a lot of them in the garden. I think they're a bit of an air purifier, I love them. Um, I've also got some geraniums in and they've actually just started to flower today. Um, these seem to be quite idiot proof. Emily, do you have any flower tips for this time of year? So oh, I love ferns too and they grow all around here um, kind of bursting out of the slate um, stone walls and things like that and the riverbanks uh, but for flowers and what we're going to grow in our garden we've got a flower mix that I really need to get in into some pots at the moment that's just like a, a nectar mix that's good for bees um, and then I've been uh, researching what kind of like flowers or plants I'd like to grow around and about and there's one that's called um, purple fountain grass which looks a bit crazy and kind of like a millennial perennial type hazy pink thing um, and then there's also one called um, globe thistle uh, which has another name that I've forgotten, um, that it looks so beautiful. It's this lovely, perfect, round kind of lilac ball at the top, and you can dry them or have them fresh in the house. Um, so those are my ideas at the moment. But I don't know, Julia, do you have any? Yeah, I was going to say, Julia, what have you got? I bet it's fabulous. I do a lot of um, uh, kind of plants around the pots. So if you've got the veg growing in the middle, then you can have some trailing petunias and stuff like that. And in our borders right now, we have loads of alliums that are up. The peonies are about to be up roses. Um, so I like to kind of put a little mixture of the two together. Um, and just and also nasturtiums are fantastic. And you can eat those too. So they look awfully pretty, but they're, they're great in salads or other stuff as well. Are they the very delicate looking little things that are sort of uh, white with a bit of purple on? Now, they'll be like a shocking yellow or shocking orange and with the really pretty green leaves. And you can mm -hmm. actually eat both the leaf and the flower. And they trail. So if you put them on the edge of 
of a window box or a, a basket, they'll trail down and they look really lovely. Julia, before we go, if you've got limited or no outdoor space, I mean, we're all talking about our gardens and not everyone's so lucky. If you've got nothing planted and you've never grown anything before, what one vegetable should people try and grow now? If you don't have much space, and even if you have no space, uh, but maybe a sunny window, I would say grow some herbs because you're gonna use them all the time and you can cut them and they'll come back again. Um, if you don't even have that, you could try just sprouting some seeds, you know, and have those, um, you know, which you could put on salads and things. But I would go for some herbs. You know, if you've got a sunny enough window, they'll do really well and you can enjoy them for a long time. Are the ones you see in supermarkets any good? You know, they're already in a pot. I never know whether you can just keep them. I, you know, if you get something like a basil plant, I don't think they ever succeed. I would always go for um, a much smaller leafed basil plant. I would get it from the garden center. Um, I think something like chives, I think they're pretty durable, but I would also make sure that you have enough room in the pot so it's gonna get enough nutrients and enough water because some of those pots are really tiny mm. and they're probably quite pot bound and they're not getting enough water and enough nutrients from it. So I would tend to say, go to the garden center as you're going to do this weekend anyway, because it's a bank holiday and get some proper ones that have been grown by nursery men. You know, go for something maybe a bit more unusual that you wouldn't buy at the supermarket like tarragon or get a really lovely sage plant. And those are fabulous to have. And, um, and you can literally just snip a couple of leaves and it will keep growing. I am definitely gonna do that. I'm gonna listen back to this and take notes. Emily, so for perhaps the more experienced gardener or someone with a bit more space, is there like a single vegetable you'd encourage people to try growing that you'd recommend? Um, a single vegetable is very hard to narrow my ideas down to, but I was thinking that the clever thing to do might be to think about all the things that we generally import from Spain and Italy and uh, like so for example cauliflower or lemons or melons or something and try to grow them if you're keen for um, a bit more of a challenging task and they will need greenhouses but um, apparently they're possible in the UK also kumquats apparently are really good for um, being quite hardy, even in the winter, if they're in a greenhouse and it doesn't get lower than seven Celsius, you're kind of okay using um, or trying that out. So that, that might be a good idea as well. Great. Okay. Well, look, thank you so much for joining me, you two. Before we leave, a reminder that you can get in touch with the podcast team here to ask questions or suggest future subjects for discussion. So please email the coronavirus podcast at independent.co.uk. Alternatively, you can use the social media hashtag Indie Coronavirus Podcast, that's Indie with a Y. You can, of course, also read all about the COVID-19 pandemic as it continues to unfold on our website, independent.co.uk. There's also a new email newsletter you can sign up to if you want all the latest news and advice delivered to your inbox daily. There's more information on that on our website. Also, you can subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. And be sure to leave us a rating and comment if you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.